I came from experiences where it's just like drag queens are intimidating and loud and they'll read you to filth. You know, it was just, it was kind of like all these things and like, yes, a lot of those things are true, but drag queens I've learned are incredibly kind, tender, giving, sweet people. From The Advocate Magazine in partnership with GLAAD, I'm Jeffrey Masters and this is LGBTQ and A. As you probably know by now, last night, Shea Coulee took home the RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star Season 5 crown. Big congrats to her. And so to celebrate her much-deserved win, we wanted to bring you this interview that we did with Shay that originally aired in February on the Luminary app. You know, how Shay describes her drag I think is terribly fascinating and also really surprising. Shea says that her drag is an extension and a reflection of the deepest and most true parts of who she is. She says that Shay, her character, is not a character at all. It's just her at her most authentic. So let's hear it. This is Shea Kulek. I want to talk to you because I think it's so interesting how you talk about your drag. Mm -hmm. You say it's not about parody or impersonation, that it's about revealing this deeper side of you. Mm -hmm. I think that's really unique. I, I feel like at least for me, I think drag is one of those things, especially just kind of in the society in which we live, where um, being born um, cis male is, there's such a hierarchy that exists between um, gender identity and expressions. And I think people that um, are born with the privilege of being um, male, when they kind of ditch that and embrace things that are feminine, I feel like, you know, we're kind of looked at as being treasonous, as if like, you know, why would you ever give up this immense privilege, you know, to embrace something that's feminine? But there's so much power in femininity, and I learned so much of that through doing drag. Drag was something that I was quite afraid of prior to actually doing it, it just all, it all seemed really intimidating. Because um, of how our culture treats femininity? Yeah, yeah. And also the way that um, our culture likes to just kind of, you know, just create generalizations. You know, I came from experiences where it's just like, you know, drag queens are um, super intimidating and loud and boisterous and, you know, careful around them because, you know, they'll read you to filth. You know, it was just, it was kind of like all these things and like, yes, this is a lot of the, a lot of those things are um, true, but drag queens I've learned are also, you know, incredibly kind, tender, giving, um, sweet people. And um, it, it only dawned on me and I only came to that realization after, you know, diving into the world of drag, you know. I think something I've seen working and interviewing with a lot of drag queens mm -hmm. that we don't talk about a lot is the like work ethic. Mm -hmm. It is a massive amount of work yeah. and grind and yeah. hustle. Yeah. I don't think a lot <laughs> I don't think a lot of people see that. You know, they see the um the product, you know, but they don't really get the opportunity to see all that goes into that. And the point is to make it look easy and effortless. Yeah, absolutely. You want it to look effortless. You want, you know, to look like, oh yeah, I just rolled out of bed looking like this. But yeah, no, there's so much development that has to happen, like not only with like, you know, your aesthetic, but just the way that, you know, you carry yourself. 
And with you saying that you in drag feels like your authentic self, Mm -hmm. usually I hear people saying that their authentic self is sitting at home in sweatpants on a Saturday morning. And that that is too. I enjoy the duality between, you know, the exuberant version of myself and, you know, the more pared down version that's, you know, in sweats, binge watching The Circle on Netflix. So would you not consider Shea Coulee to be a character? Uh, No. Shea Coulee is very much so an amplified version of myself. Shea Coulee is the loud version of myself, whereas like Jaren is the quiet version. Since Shay's not a character to you, did you ever consider just using Jaren, your your name? I've thought about it before. I honestly um, have. Shay is actually my middle name. It's spelled differently. It's it's Swahili. It's spelled K Y E I, and it means beautiful boy. When I was picking drag names, I just thought that that it, because everyone in my family calls me Shay. Like that was always just like my like you know pet name. You know with my family members growing up. Oh, so Shay has been your name. Yeah, so Shay has been my name. So I did want to incorporate that into my drag persona because I wanted something that felt like it was like linked to like my roots and the foundation of who I am. Um, And so then I I just switched the spelling so people (laughs) could pronounce it easier. And uh, yeah, and then I picked um, Kool-Aid because... um, there's this like little like riddle that's like she she kule she confisa confisa la la a la ki la la anyway um but i i i picked she kule from that but i also was just like you know it sound it just rolls off the tongue you know really well. wait is that a swahili riddle um i know that it's like east african i don't know if it's like swahili or not i mean i want to say that it is do you know what it means it's like a um, call and response kind of thing. Gotcha. So like one person is like, she, she, kule. And then other people are like, she, she, kule, she, confisa, she, confisa, confisa, la, la, confisa, la, la, a la, ki, la, la. Like it's just, it's like this back and forth. It's like unifying, it builds like energy. Um, so that's the exact way that I use Hebrew as a Jewish person. Uh-huh. I know the prayers, I'll uh-huh. recite them. Uh-huh. And if you ask me what they mean, I'll just like mumble, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you saying that she, kule is your authentic self. Mm -hmm. It's really amazing that you have a job, that it is your job and you feel like your authentic self in your job. I don't think that's that common. No, I'm really fortunate and and blessed that I get to make my living um, basically just sharing myself with people. Um, It can be hard at times because I feel like, you know... um, just revealing yourself and being vulnerable because drag it really is empowering but there is a sense of vulnerability that exists which is you know sharing any part of your creativity with people i I'm, I'm just so fortunate that i get to be able to do that and make a living and with you sharing this with other people i think it's amazing how much thought goes into it you've talked about like inspiration for looks, but also overarching color themes for like the year. And um, where, like, where does all of that, I guess, inspiration come from when you're planning what you want the year to look like? I get inspiration from all types of sources. But one thing that I learned in school, which I think is like really, really, really important, and I, I don't think that people do it enough when it comes to art, is research. When I'm doing research, it's not so much like I'm like, okay, this is exactly what I'm looking for. I just kind of start 
start with an idea. So like, for instance, you know, this year it's 2020. We're at the centennial of 1920. Um, Art Deco is one of my favorite periods in art, design, fashion. Art Deco in general is a really just dope artistic movement. You want to see like amazing costumes, fashion, just look up Airte. That's all you need. For instance, I'll be like, okay, you know, I'm just going to start off researching Airte. And that just like continues to just like unfold and I see things that I haven't seen before, you know, um, I'll, I'll come across photographers or like artists or, or models, you know, and those lead to like, you know, other areas of research. And like, basically what I do is I just research, 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 compile all these like images, ideas, and then, you know, I'll just kind of let them sit there and I'll continue to like go over it. And then, you know, certain ideas will start to develop from there. But I think a lot of times um, people (laughs) like to think that they're all truly original and that they're all truly, you know, innovative. And, And there are some individuals out there, but nobody's really reinventing the wheel here. Um, And I think that that's like important, especially when it comes to like art, because I feel like a lot of times now people all want such instant gratification and um, people then because they had an idea, they think that they own that idea. And I see people all the time on social media because we, you know, we live in call out culture and they want to try and call people out and they'd be like, this person ripped me off. This person stole my idea. Like I invented that. And I'm like, I can go back in history and I can name tons of designers that did that before you. So like, maybe do your research, maybe realize that you did not come up with this idea. Nobody is that original. Honestly, like the last fashion revolution that we had was Mary Quant and the mini skirt. Nothing has been developed since then. So how much does it matter or not that people get the reference that you did this like Grace Jones look? Like, does it matter that people are like, oh my God, this is Grace Jones inspired? Or does it matter that they just like it? I want people to like it, but I always feel um, much more satisfied when people get the reference. Is that one of the things to you that makes you stand out as a drag queen that you are pulling from all of these big references? I honestly don't think so. I mean, girls pull from references all the time. I just like to reach a little bit further back to go for things that are a little bit less obvious, you know? Uh, Like, when it comes to references, I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, Ariana Grande just wore that. Um, Let me just get that, like, redone. Because I'm just all like, you know, we literally just saw a pop star in that. Right. Um, Well, to that, how much are you watching what other drag queens are doing so that you can do something that's not just that? Like, to zig when they're zagging. Obviously, I, I, I do pay attention to other drag queens, you know, I'm a part of this culture, but um, I never really try to be like, oh, she's doing this, so I'm going to do that. I'm always just trying to do whatever feels right, whatever I'm feeling, whatever, you know, is inspiring to me, then I I go for that. And sometimes people will be like, well, do you realize that so-and-so and so-and-so just like recently? And I'm like, yeah, that's her, but that's her. <laughs> you know, I'm like, that's not me. You know, the way something looks on this girl is not the same way it's going to look 
like on Shea Coulee. We're talking about like the, the looks. What about like the careers? Do you feel competitive with other girls? I feel like sometimes, you know, it's it's easy to feel competitive to the girls, but at the same time, like our careers are all like our own to make. And it really is to me, longevity is what's important. You know, I always try to keep up like a one-year plan, a two-year plan, and a five-year plan, you know, um, just to keep myself on track. And doing that has honestly helped me to be able to be where I am and reach the level of success that I'm at now. You know, when I started drag, I had a five-year plan to make it onto RuPaul's Drag Race. And literally five years later, I was on season nine. I I told myself, I was like, give yourself five years so that you can go on that show and do well. Not just like, you know, go home like the middle of the pack. I was just, I knew when I started drag, I was like, you're going to need five years to be able to like go on that show and like compete and do well. The rumor on the internet is that you're on the next season of All Stars. I know you can't say either way. However, it also has been said in rumors and whispers that you turned down um, All Stars for the last two years. Why was that not the right time to do All Stars in your plan? The All Star rumors have been going, honestly, ever since the end of season nine. Which is um, flattering. No, it's very flattering. It, it lets me know at least that, you know, people want to see your girl on TV again. And, you know, going back to that longevity. Um, that's also, I think, a reason why it's timing is just like very important. Timing is everything. And if we're talking about longevity and all stars, um, I think it's important to go on all stars when maybe people aren't as interested. Um, to like, you know, regenerate people's um, interest. But people have been interested ever since I left season nine. You know, I've been booked ever since. I was just like, you know, make them miss you before you go back. Because I feel like too, when it comes to like all stars, when like, you know, girls go right on, like right after their season. It's just like, we just watched you on TV, you know? And it's it's fun to see the growth um, because even from season nine, um, I've grown... (laughs) so much as a drag queen. I feel like in the past three years, I've grown more than I did that first five years, you know, pre-drag race. Like, Well, you're like playing tennis with pros now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just learn so much and you go out there and you become international entertainer, you know, travel. you just learn so much. If you are on the new season of All-Stars, you would be the first non-binary queen to compete while on the show. Yeah. I don't think that's insignificant. I mean, I know that there are other girls that do um, identify as non-binary, like Sasha Valore is one. Aja is another. Um, I don't know if the girls were really speaking about their non-binary identity while we were filming um, season nine. Uh, But for me, when it comes to my non-binary identity, it really doesn't change the way that I view and or look at my drag. For me, it's just allowing people to understand that, yeah, I just don't exist in, you know, these gender binaries. You know, I don't really identify um, as being um, male and or female. Um, I really much so firmly believe that I inhabit both of those qualities in a very equal way. But yeah, as far as like my drag is concerned and as far as um, the way that I feel like it affects 
affects um, the way that I approach my craft. Um, it really just allows me to be more open. And I think that that is something that's like really important in drag. And that makes sense with what you were saying about how Shay's not a character. Shay's an extension of you. Mm-hmm. So you came out publicly in early 2019 mm-hmm. as non-binary. Mm-hmm. When did you start to figure that out for yourself, though, privately? Maybe just a few years into doing drag. You know, this is prior to um, even filming Drag Race. I, I started to notice a, a change when people would use um, masculine pronouns. And, you know, and I had to sit down and check in with myself and be like, why are you having those feelings when people use masculine pronouns? Like, why are you like... And I was just like, you know, maybe, you know, you should explore that more. And then, you know, I had a conversation with another non-binary individual and they were just, you know, really just explaining about what non being non-binary means to them. And I was like, oh, I was like, God, I, I really identify with that. But I sat with it after doing Drag Race and being, you know, in the public eye. It, it, it's weird to feel like I had to, like, make this, like, announcement and come out as being non-binary because I was just like, I feel like it's kind of just obvious. I mean, look at my career choice. I felt like it was important to at least just create clarity and just show people um, because representation is important um, and anybody else that you know falls in that non-binary spectrum I was just like it, it will probably at least help others and I think that representation for non-binary people has um, exploded in the last couple of years mm-hmm. I think that you know in five years someone's gonna come out as non-binary and it won't even make, make a headline yeah yeah exactly and 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 Kind of like along the lines of what you just said, where, you know, we've seen kind of this explosion of people coming out as non-binary. I didn't want people to think that I was like jumping on, you know, some bandwagon because, you know, this is, is something that, you know, I had been just, you know, coming to terms with, you know, privately on my own. But, you know we started getting in 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 territory where people start asking things about you know um your pronouns and people start asking follow up questions you know like oh well, well why and i was just like well <laughs> let me explain that um why well, I, I identify as gender non binary so that's why and then you know it's so funny cuz people are like oh interesting and i'm like well i mean you're talking to a drag queen like i've been living out of the binary now for like years you know Oh, yeah. You've been confronting our expectations of gender all along. Yeah. You grew up in the church, right? Your mm-hmm. mom was a reverend. Mm-hmm. How did religion inform your understanding of gender? Uh, um, religion very much so loves the binary. There's a lot of times like growing up where I would be doing things that, you know, felt very just like natural to me. And my mom would be like, boys, don't do that. That happened a lot growing up. And it, it is very much so centered around gender, not even about, like, sexuality. My mom would just be like, boys don't do that. Boys don't stand like that. Well, I do. You know? I do. Um, And I think, like, once I got, like, older and and definitely started to get to that, like, age where I was feeling, like, a little bit more rebellious, I was just all, like, I would lean into that femininity more because I was just like, it makes my parents angry. (laughs) Um, But also, I was just like, this is who I am, and I don't really feel like having anybody, like, police the way that I stand. Yeah, definitely growing up in a religious household made it 
um, a little bit challenging. But the thing that um, I really appreciate about my um, mom and my parents is when it comes to their views on um, religion and faith, the biggest um, foundation that they stand on is love. And I think that that's really important. And I think like more um, religious people should focus on like that aspect um, because there definitely has been such a huge period of growth. Um, but that really required me just being like really open and authentic with my family. And um, my mom is one of those people that she's just so like my biggest mission um, on this earth is to love people the way that Christ loved them. Um, and one thing that she said uh, that blew me away is when we were doing the season nine finale, that was my mom's first time being in like a very queer space, you know, like she's never been to the nightclub, never anything like that. You know, um, she'd seen me perform in drag before, but it was in, in a different context because it was at like this like bougie, like private club thing. Um, we were doing this like um, premiere for my short film Lipstick City. So it wasn't like a club. It's like this, you know, very like nice kind of like lounge. So even though she was like in that space and kind of had been introduced to drag culture you know the season nine finale she was really thrown into it you know there's just queer people drag queens trans women everywhere and my mom after the finale she was just like i've never felt a strong love energy like i felt in that room she's like everybody was just loving on wow. everybody she literally said she's like that doesn't exist in the straight world she's like i've never even really seen that in church and she was just all like to know that you belong to a community like this she's like it makes me feel so much more secure and safe knowing that you're taken care of and i think um her as like a religious person you know seeing that and coming to that realization it gave me a lot of like hope and faith did your mom use your pronouns uh-huh wow and the thing is when it comes to to pronouns i respond to um, she, her, he, him, they, them. Um, I do respond to all pronouns. I generally prefer, obviously, that when I'm in drag, you use feminine pronouns. And my mom is really great with that. She's really, really great with that. Um, a lot of times she just refers to me as um, her son. <laughs> my dad, he was the same way. <laughs> like my parents, <laughs> like they'll be like daughter or son. And you're just like, <laughs> I remember my friends being like <laughs> growing up, like, why not your name? <laughs> they, they literally just referred to you as like son. I'm like, yeah, because that's what I am. <laughs> so that's amazing. I want to go back to costumes for a second, yeah. just because you majored in costume in college. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so you know, like the cost of things. I'm just like interested in like money. Like, yeah. Do you feel like you can't rewear costumes as much as you once could because of like social media is posting them everywhere? Hell no. I wear the fucking shit out of costumes. I get my money's worth, especially if I'm like investing. I'm like, it really depends. And I try to make sure that I get costumes that have like longevity. So you majored in costume design in college. Is that what you expected to be doing with your life? Yeah, in like a way, I very much so was like, yeah, I'll, just, I'll be, you know, designing and that's that's what I'll do. Because like even when I was in design school, a lot of times like I'd be doing shows and I would like pull heels for actresses and my um, department head would be like, how do you expect those actresses to walk in five inch heels? And I was like, 
I can walk in five inch heels. Like, I don't understand why it's so hard for her. She's like, who would wear those shoes? And I was like, me. I would get a lot of critiques for like, you know, my my costume designs being a little bit more fashion oriented. Like even the way that I would like sketch, they'd be like, you know, that's more of a fashion figure. They're really tall and elongated. That's like not what actors look like. And I was just like, but this is the fantasy. Okay. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm drawing the fantasy. We know it's not going to look like that on the actor, but I'm, I'm trying to draw the full fantasy here, you know? Um, and so... When I started to get into drag, I was just all like, Ugh. I was like, I can be my own muse. I can wear all the designs and ideas that I have that other people have been like, what actor would possibly be able to, I was just all like, I'll wear it. And now you work with your boyfriend. I believe he's your creative director as well. Um, he's my artistic director. Artistic director. Yeah. So um, Dan handles basically like all of like the the art and like development of things like, you know, labels, branding. Um, when it comes to the creative, um, I definitely lead that. Do you have firm lines with him of like when you're in business mode versus relationship mode or is it all mixed up? Oh, it's it's all just like super mixed. You know, like we 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 try to keep those lines there, but you know, we'll be having a casual conversation and you know then all of a sudden like a an idea or something will pop up and we'll be like okay baby so like really quick <laughs> yada 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 and then we'll like jump back into like you know just like relationship mode but sometimes i'll just be like pause so really quick <laughs> talking about the, like the future of your drag or the future of your career is touring always going to be a massive part of it i hope not <laughs> I, okay, this is, um, and to all my fans, I love you, but I, I, I said to myself that um, I want to be able to hang up the heels by 40. Drag is really, really hard on the body, and touring is really hard on the body. And, you know, I'm healthy, I eat right, I like work out like four to five times a week, but it is still such a, a challenge. And also, if we're going to be real, people don't care about drag queens when they don't look young and hot and fresh anymore. Because you were performing femininity in your career, you're getting lumped into that, we don't want to see you past 40. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because um, just... In girls who have been on drag race, even girls that have like won, that are like older and they're like upper 30s, like, you know, early 40s. They're all like, oh yeah, girl. They're like, the kids don't care when well, you get older. Is it possible that drag race has changed the industry so much that like maybe that's untested for like the new crop of drag race girls as, I don't know. I guess I'm thinking about all the things that support your theory of like yeah. Alyssa Edwards, I think mm -hmm. is like a top, top queen. And mm -hmm. yet do people nowadays still care as much as they used to? Um, I'd say no for me. Yeah, and it, and it's crazy because um, even when you look at like the casting of Drag Race, like as the seasons have gone on, the cast have gotten younger and younger and younger and younger, and and hotter to be honest. Yeah, you know they're just like young hot queens, like, and that's very much so what because look. Uh, when it comes to like the fans and like the people who really digest drag, the majority of them are between the ages of 14 and 19. So not even old enough to go into the club and see a drag queen in person. The majority of the people 
that like we're trying to appeal to are teenagers. Are they girls or like gay boys? Mostly girls. Wow. Mostly girls. Like I like my following, like, you know, I get analytics and stuff like that. The majority of my following by like female to male is like 60, 40. That's fascinating. And I guess to support everything you're saying too, drag race is its own enemy that every year it's popping out new queens to like be the shiny object. Mm -hmm. So we are forgetting about the Alyssa Edwards of the world mm -hmm. because we've 10 new queens yeah, every just, year. And and the thing is, and I feel like very like lucky and fortunate that, you know, I, I made it onto drag race when I did um, because season nine was very impactful. It was when we moved to VH1, um, you know, so a lot of things changed um, in the structure of the show in season nine. You know, that's where we had like the lip sync finale, you know, just so many things. And it was very much so um, game changing. And, I, and I'm really fortunate that I was able to, you know, be part of that experience. But as the show continues and like what I've like heard from people who are like diehard fans, they're not investing as much in the newer girls as they did before. Um, and I think it's because... Um, there are new seasons coming out so often that people aren't really getting the time to invest in these personalities before they're being introduced to new personalities. Oh, because now we've all-stars every year. And so I'm not, I don't have a year to invest in the new girls. Exactly. Because all-stars is taking up my time. Yeah. You know, now it's just like we have Drag Race, we have All-Stars, we have Drag Race UK, we have Drag Race Canada that's like coming down the line. It's and, too much. And I believe they, oh, we have Drag Race Thailand. And I believe they just announced um, Drag Race Australia. So, you know, when you think about like all these different markets, um, the fans are really getting a lot of drag. We are just shoving drag down their throats, you know. And uh, I think when you were on Drag Race, I followed, you know, nine of 10 of the girls and now, when I see a new season, I follow one because I don't want my entire timeline to be only drag queens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like when they announce the girls, I go and do, you know, um, I just go and, and follow everybody to see, you know, what they're up to. Now, do I continue to follow them? That is the question. You said that you're going to hang up your heels by 40. Tomorrow is actually your birthday. Yeah. So you have nine years. Yeah. Is there anything? massive that you need to accomplish to like feel good about your like legacy for lack of better words your longevity um in those nine years in those nine years uh i really want to release just the best drag queen album anyone has ever heard like I want to release the album where they're all like okay when it comes to drag queen musicians Shay Kulay is the one the only. <laughs> um, and I mean, I've been working on an album <laughs> for three years now. Like, no joke. Like, I've been consistently in the studio, you know, just like working on tracks, um, making songs. But um, when it comes to like my work, um, I have to, have to, have to like absolutely love it. And I have really high standards. Like my standards are extremely high. Um because, you know, once you take that on tour, you, you're going to be performing that night after night after night. So I want to make sure that what I release in the content that I put out is stuff that I absolutely love. So it's an album. Yeah. And not just the album. I really want to get back to my roots of design. And I really want to present a collection at Fashion Week. That would be 
amazing. And then I would be totally comfortable hanging out with those heels. Fantastic. Yeah. That's a great place to leave it at. Thank you for talking to us. Yeah, my pleasure. And that was Shea Coulee, our brand new All-Stars reigning queen. Congrats again to her. If you enjoyed the interview, please make sure that you're subscribed and help us to spread the word on social media. I'm on Twitter at JeffMasters1. The show's on Twitter at LGBTQPod. We're brought to you by The Advocate Magazine in partnership with GLAAD. Come check out all of our amazing work at advocate.com and glad.org. I'm Jeffrey Masters, and I'll see you next week.